Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. But I was in a state of confusion because I felt like I did not know myself. And I felt like I wasn't self-aware. And then I thought to myself, do I even know what self-awareness is? Hello and welcome to the Miseducate podcast. My name is Sarah Gathugu, host and owner of the Miseducate blog and now podcast. This podcast is here to expand upon prior and future blog posts and is centered around having open and honest conversations about the aspects of life we have been misinformed on. Whether that be relationships, religion, culture, you name it, I'm here to talk about it. Each episode, I will be talking about a different topic and inviting guests to talk about their own experiences of miseducation and what they are doing to re-educate themselves. This podcast aims to make you laugh, think and inspire conversations for change. None of us have it right. We have all been miseducated. On this mini episode, we are diving into self-awareness what self-awareness is, the different types of self-awareness, how to improve our self-awareness, but ultimately we are asking ourselves whether we really are self-aware. So without further ado, let's get into it. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? You see yourself, right? Perhaps you see the brown of your eyes, the little bump on your nose, the deep dimple on your left side, the white heads on your chin. Maybe you have a five-finger forehead like me. Shout out to my fellow East Africans. Maybe you like what you see in the mirror. Maybe you don't like what you see. But do you see yourself? Do you really see yourself? Do you know yourself? Are you aware of yourself? As you ponder on those questions, I kind of wanted to change and shift the tone slightly and say a massive thank you, (laughs) 
Um, to everyone and for all the love that the previous episode of the podcast got for, you know, celebrating the one year anniversary. I want to thank you for all the encouragement, the kind words, sharing and reposting and supporting on Instagram or just, you know, privately just saying congratulations. It's meant the world to me. Um, I also kind of want to say hello to the new people and to people who have just kind of randomly stumbled across this podcast. Hello, welcome. Um, I'm really grateful that you're here and I hope that you stay, even if it's for a short time, that you enjoy and that you um, get something of use out of this podcast and that conversations are started. Um, Staying in tune with the gratitude. um, Recently, I've just been listening to previous episodes of the podcast. Um... I wanted to reminisce on the journey so far and also to see whether, you know, the episodes still hold up. Like, do I actually agree with myself and the things that I say? Especially in, like, older um, solo episodes. I kind of just want to listen and, yeah, just see whether I agree with what I'm saying about myself and to myself and how I'm expressing it and articulating certain situations that I went through. Um... And as I was doing that, I kind of made two observations from listening to older episodes. One, I I realized how proud of myself I am. Um, yeah, I just, I just, I think it's just really nice because like I know how, how bad it was. And I know that like Sarah of a year ago was probably like, she'd probably like slap me. <laughs> um, if for saying this, but like, I'm so glad that everything happened the way that it did. It's not the way I wanted it to happen, but I'm glad that it happened the way that it did. And I'm just really proud of her for pushing forward. And yeah, that's, <laughs> that's point number one. Point number two, what other observation did I made? Um, this is, point number two is definitely a contradiction from the previous point, okay? Point number two is that, um, even though I was like, oh, baby girl, I'm so proud of you, um, I started to feel like a fake. Um, that was the second observation that I made. I started to feel like I was a fake. I, I started to feel like I was a fraud. Um, because I'm listening to myself. I'm listening to myself talking about all these different techniques for self-love and pushing through and all these different, you know, new decisions and new adventures that I was embarking on. And I'm listening to myself talking about all these like different techniques and I'm realizing that currently, especially in the past couple of months up until now, that I have not, I have not been doing any of those things that I said that I was doing to you guys in previous episodes. I've not been going on solo dates. I've not been journaling or really checking in with myself or at least doing it consistently. I've not been doing those things consistently. And I kind of started to feel like, like I had not been actively loving myself and that I hadn't been actively loving the people in my life and that I hadn't even been active in my relationship with God and I just kind of felt like a fraud. 
And so I get to this point where I start to ask myself, so then why aren't you going on solo dates? And my immediate response was definitely very defensive because I was just thinking to myself, girl, have you seen my calendar? Have you actually seen my calendar? No, for real, for real, no. Like, have you seen my calendar? I'm busy. I'm busy. I have a job. I have other commitments outside of my job. I, you know, I'm very busy. I'm just busy. And when I'm not busy and I'm not doing all these other things, I'm trying to sleep. I'm kind of, I'm trying to count sheep. You know what I mean? Um, I'm busy. But then I kind of counter argued that thought with, oh, so you don't have time to prioritise yourself. And I was like, Okay, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. Oh, um, but it's not like that, you know? Like, it's it's not like that. But then the counter-argument would be like, but it is, because you don't have time to prioritise yourself. To add more context to this, um, when I started to feel like a fraud a little bit I was also feeling a little off within myself because of a recent situation and when I say situation I just wink wink you need to just know what I mean because I'm not going to elaborate further there was a situation wink wink a situation and as I went through this situation it kind of I want to say triggered, but I feel like, especially in today's context of, you know, TikTok psychology and the 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 accessibility to all these, like, big words that we don't necessarily understand what they mean, um, I don't want to say the word triggered. I think it definitely opened, like, that situation, very short-lived situation, but it was a situation. The situation just kind of opened... me up to a new discovery about myself it was like oh 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 it was like this realization that actually what this situation was what this you know state of affairs were was not actually what I wanted and that I wanted more for myself And I was really confused because I thought, because when I entered the situation, I kind of knew from the jump what I wanted. And I was fine with it. And I was really annoyed at this discovery to myself of wanting more because I was like, but you have given me no signal in the past. This is what I was saying to myself. I was kind of like, you've given me no signal in the past that actually you wanted more. Like, we knew what this agreement was. And now, all of a sudden, you've changed your mind. Like, what are you doing? You're ruining it. You're ruining it. You're ruining it. And I think that this kind of, like, this... This, um... This realisation that I wanted more. And... It made me... It frustrated me. It really frustrated me. And it made me feel like... 
okay, the only way that I can really describe how it like made me feel is that, you know, when um, you have a friend, like your best friend, you learn something about your best friend, right? Something about your best friend that you should have known, but that you didn't. And then when you ask them, why didn't I know this about you? They answer with that like gut wrenching response of, well, you never asked. Like, dang. <laughs> and you're thinking to yourself, am I a bad friend? <laughs> am I a terrible friend? Like, how did I not know this about myself? And so I felt really frustrated within myself. And I think in a lot of the conversations that, the brief conversations that I was having with myself last week, especially, I was very much like, how did I not know this about myself? Why didn't I know this about myself? Like, what, like, why wasn't I checking in with myself? Why haven't I been checking in with myself for a long time? Why have I not been active in, you know, self-love and, and loving others and all this different stuff? And I was just kind of like falling into this like rabbit hole of different questions because I felt like I was a fraud. I felt like, how can I be doing this podcast talking about self-love when I'm not even practicing what I preach? I felt like a fraud to myself because I was like, how could I not know this about myself? Like, how could I change my mind so quickly? Like, I was really annoyed that I had changed my mind because I was like, this is a perfect situation. This is, it was a perfect situation. And I felt like I messed it up. And I was really like, dang, darn me. And I'm wanting more for myself. And um, I just was left with this feeling of confusion. So if you're listening to this right now and you're confused and you're like, what is Sarah talking about? What, what, what is, what was, what situation? What is she talking about? If you're, if you're confused, that is exactly how I felt because I don't even, I'm only now understanding, um, I'm just only now in a state of understanding more of what happened. So if you're confused, that's fine because this is just a little bit of context. It's not necessarily too relevant to the rest of the episode. So just bear with me. But I was in a state of confusion because I felt like I did not know myself and I felt like I wasn't self-aware. And then I thought to myself, do I even know what self-awareness is? And I realized I actually don't know what self-awareness is. And um, my sister and I were like, my parents always told my sister and I that if we didn't understand something, that it was our job and our responsibility to find out what things meant. It was always in regards to words and when we would you know, do reading with my dad, he would always say, do you know what this word means? And, you know, kids, you're saying no. He would say, grab the dictionary, find out what it means. So that kind of, like, mentality has still stayed with me. And so as the little nerd that I am, because you already know I'm a nerd, um, I decided to do my research. And this is what I found. So let's begin with like a little quick A-level psychology lesson based on self-awareness. <clears throat> In an article for Very Well Mind, Kendra Cherry defines self-awareness as being aware of different aspects of the self, including traits, behaviours and feelings. The article continues by saying that self-awareness is not central to our identity and who we are, but it becomes woven into the fabric of who we are. 
Although we are not necessarily born with self-awareness, research, such as the study conducted by Lewis and Brooks Gunn, does show that infants do have a sense of awareness. Finding that self-awareness begins to emerge around the age of one and continues to develop by approximately 18 months. However, I should note to you that these studies only really indicate visual self-awareness. It does not really indicate how we develop a deeper understanding of ourselves. It doesn't really indicate how we develop, how we come to understand our unique behaviours and feelings as defined within the very definition of self-awareness. So, what is self-awareness? Okay. I was led to finding two types of self-awareness. Tasha Ulrich, who I am going to be mentioning a lot during the course of this episode, author, researcher and psychologist um, Tasha Ulrich distinguishes self-awareness into two separate camps. Internal self-awareness, which is defined as how clearly we see our values, our passions, our aspirations and how they fit with our environment, our reactions and our impact on others. And external self-awareness, which is defined as understanding how others view us. Now, let me kind of interject here, because when I read this, when I was reading about external self-awareness, I was kind of flagged by the idea of the very definition. And to be honest, I couldn't really comprehend how understanding how others view us could be beneficial or of value to the individual. It made me think of people pleasing and I kind of associated it with another category of self-awareness that I had previously read about in Kendra Cherry's article for Very Well Mind. In Kendra Cherry's article, she kind of separates um, self-awareness into public and private self-awareness and public self-awareness is defined as being aware of how we appear to others. And the article goes on to suggest that public self-awareness compels people to adhere to social norms as we try to behave in ways that are socially acceptable and desirable, the result of which could lead to evaluation anxiety. However, Tasha Ulrich argues the opposite is true and in her research found that people who showed external self-awareness were more skilled at showing empathy and and considering other people's perspectives. I still think it's of value to associate or at least to see the similarities between Tasha Ulrich, um, Tasha Ulrich's uh, external self-awareness and people-pleasing. I do believe that they exist on the same spectrum and I also see why I immediately was flagged especially because as I've said before I am a people pleaser in recovery um but I do think that external self-awareness and people pleasing kind of exist on the same spectrum um I think too much of external self-awareness or like a a deep focusing on external self-awareness it can be said kind of leads to codependency and as we learned in the people pleasing episode which if you haven't listened to I highly recommend um people um codependency is the excessive emotional or psychological reliance on a loved one 
But this is why in Tasha Ulrich's research, she stresses that internal self-awareness and external self-awareness work best together. Tasha's research found that people who improved their external self-awareness did so by seeking out feedback from loving critics. Key word, the loving critics. And these are people who have their best interests at heart. Additionally, this feedback was also measured against the individual's own gut instinct. And for me, for my stubborn self, this was a reminder to surround myself with loving people, to consider the the people that I have around me and what these people around me are telling me. And it wasn't just to surround myself with loving critics, but also to actually listen to these people and what they have to say, how they advise me, how they challenge me, and how they propel me forward while while measuring it against my own judgment and how I know myself. Simply trust yourself and trust others. Trust your loving critics. Trust that your loving critics are doing the best for you, have your best interests at heart, but also trust yourself, (laughs) like they're both interconnected, um, and at this point in my research, (laughs) guys, I'm not gonna lie, I'm feeling chuffed, I'm feeling pretty self-assured, because I'm thinking, girl, I am tipping, I am ticking all the self-awareness boxes. I'm ticking all of the boxes. I definitely have a great community around me. I definitely do have like, like, I'm very, I would say I'm in tune with myself at least, even though I'm not doing like the self-technique, um, the self-love techniques that I mentioned before, like solo dates and all that different stuff. Like, I know I've been slacking, but I feel like I'm on a good path. You know what I mean? Like, that is where I'm thinking as I'm reading these articles. I'm like, girl, that's me. That is me. That's me. That's me. But then, Tasha Ulrich says this. People who introspect are less self-aware. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Introspection. A psychological process in which individuals examine the causes of their own thoughts, feelings and behaviours. Tasha Ulrich notes that the problem with, with introspection isn't that it's ineffective, but that most people are doing it incorrectly. Tasha continues that when using the method of introspection, many ask themselves questions using why statements. 
But why? Why is an ineffective self-awareness question. As I read that, I thought to myself, am I reading this article or is this article reading me? Am I reading this article or is this article reading me? Contrary to popular belief, we don't have access to many of our unconscious thoughts, feelings and motives. And so why, why questions, why statements allow us to invent answers that feel true, but if we're honest, are often wrong? Why questions have correlational answers? So they show a relationship. I'm sad because da 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 da. It shows a correlation, but it, it shows a relationship between these two, between point A and point B. But it doesn't really prove that there's actual direct, there's a direct causation. And so we tend to force our thoughts to conform to our initial explanations. Additionally, along with creating false realities, why questions invite unproductive negative thoughts? I'm going to say that again. (laughs) Along with creating false realities, why questions invite unproductive, negative thoughts? And we are more likely to land on explanations focused on our fears, our shortcomings, or our insecurities. So if we go back to my whole situation that I was referencing in the beginning of this episode and me feeling like I wasn't, you know, loving myself and wasn't, you know, I felt like a fraud because I wasn't doing those things anymore. If we go back to that whole spiel from the beginning, when I opened myself up to this kind of new discovery and finding out that I wanted more from the situation than I was getting... I became confused and was angry and frustrated with myself and I started asking myself I started asking myself why didn't I know myself why wasn't I aware of this aspect about myself and these two very small questions led me to believe that I didn't actually love myself which led to fear and signaled old self-deprecating responses. And as you know, if you've, you know, listened to this podcast or at least listened to a few of them, self-love, finding worth within myself has been a long journey, a long journey. And so immediately when I didn't get it right, when I wasn't, or when I didn't feel like I was doing self-love right, when I didn't feel like I was fully in tune with myself, I became very annoyed that I wasn't doing self-love perfect, you know? And that's interesting that I didn't think that I was that... It's interesting that I kind of framed self-love within this, like, perfect box. Sorry, I keep saying the word perfect and it's making me think of that little... That, like, trending sound where it's like, this is perfect, 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 perfect. But for me, self-love 
was all the things that I was doing. It was, you know, knowing that I'd gone to therapy. It was knowing that I was taking myself on solo dates. It was knowing that I felt comfortable with myself when I was alone. It was knowing that, you know, I was journaling. It was knowing that like I was in tune and kind of like at a oneness with myself. And the fact that this part I had, this situation had opened a part of me that was, in my opinion, foreign, confused me. But I, and I, you know, I started asking why questions and I didn't stop to maybe think that, you know, although I have, you know, made this discovery about myself, although I have wanted more from this kind of ideal, perfect situation that I kept describing it as, although I've made this discovery about myself, and although it's opened up a part of myself that I didn't know that I wanted, and even though it felt very contradictory to what I had already known myself to be and or what I had already known myself to have wanted, maybe both ideals can still coexist even though they seem to contradict. Maybe you can't want more for yourself and walk away from a situation that you know isn't what you want anymore also still be upset that the situation ended. Does that make sense? You know, maybe I was unconsciously hiding this, this truth about myself because I wasn't ready for it. Maybe my blood sugar levels were low. Maybe I hadn't had caffeine that day. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe Mercury was in the microwave. I don't know. Who knows? And that's the point. Because I was so convinced that self-analysis and that introspection were supposed to be helping me. But really, self-analysis can trap us in a mental hell of our own making. So, hold on, Sarah. Hold on. Hi, I have a question. Yes, me over here. Hi Sarah, um, uh, I just wanted to quickly ask this question. Uh, so you're telling me, you're telling me that when I remove the mask, you know, when I dig a little deeper, you're telling me that the villain of this story is me? What? Wow. Wow, you're telling me I'm the villain? I'm the problem? You're telling me I'm the problem? What? I honestly can't believe it. I honestly can't believe it. I haven't got the words. (laughs) You're telling me... That is what this research opened up to me, was that like, hey, Sarah, you know, you're the corporate. You're the villain. You're the villain. You can be the villain too. Um, and um, reading this article, you know, watching this TED talk, the subsequent TED talk that um, Tasha does, I realized I was not self-aware. And that just because, you know, I've proclaimed on this podcast or in articles or given the impression that I'm self-love, self-aware, and that I'm in this committed relationship with myself does not mean I truly actually know myself. As interesting, 
that's just it's just opened up another thought to me I think it's interesting because I remember in episode one I said that you know self-love is a journey like the journey of knowing ourselves like the journey of knowing ourselves never ends right but because of like old training and old um old responses I still have kind of put self-love in this box where it's like hey you've got to do this 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 and this to show other people that really you're loving yourself but is that really self-love is that really an awareness of ourselves do you really know what you need no but you're giving the illusion that you know what you need for whose satisfaction Okay, I'm kind of going on a little bit of of a tangent. I hope that you're still staying with me. I hope that you're still staying with me because I've really taken you on a wild ride of my brain in this episode. Um, But yeah, let me just continue. Okay. But yeah, just because you think about yourself, that doesn't actually mean that you know about yourself. Tasha Ulrich says in her TED talk, she says, thinking about ourselves isn't related to knowing ourselves. Ooh, that cut deep. Oh, let me say it again. Thinking about ourselves isn't related to knowing ourselves. So how do we actually become more self-aware? How do we at least continue to have more productive insight, right? By beginning to ask ourselves, what, not, why? When we ask ourselves what, Tasha Ulrich says, we stay objective, we stay future focused and we empower ourselves to act on our new insights. So instead of asking myself, what was the example that I gave? Instead of asking myself, why didn't I know this about myself? It was better to ask myself, what can I do now that I do know this about myself? So what were my misconceptions on self-awareness? Where, well, how was I miseducated on self-awareness? Well, I believed that self-awareness was simple. I kind of tried to fit it into this perfect box. I equated self-awareness with self-analysis. I believe that when you think about yourself and you think about yourself very, very deeply and think about all the possible scenarios that could happen, then you know yourself. But I've learned that even we can be strangers to ourselves. Even we can paint narratives and create scenarios that don't exist that are detrimental to our own health and well-being. I've learned that self-awareness is uncomfortable, contradictory, and chaotic but guess what so are humans so are we humans are contradictory and chaotic and again going back to what I said in episode one about self-love being a journey this journey is a lifetime the relationship that you have with yourself is a lifelong relationship it's gonna take a lifetime to understand to understand ourselves and even then we only really scratch the surface i don't even know if we can really say that we even scratch the surface maybe we brush the surface of who we are of who we could be however also in the same breath I don't want to necessarily in, you know, 
And using this technique of asking yourselves what questions instead of why questions to improve your self-awareness. I don't want to cancel the, the word why. Like, I don't want to cancel the question why questions. Instead, I kind of want to challenge it. Because the fact is, life is scary. Life is a mess. And this world is the ghetto. Um, you may be going through things that people will never be able to comprehend. You may be going through things that people will never be able to understand. And you have every right to to question it, to lament, to complain. You have every right to feel the way that you do. That's That's your right. That's your prerogative. It's your life. But I guess I want to challenge how long we stay in that. How long we stay questioning it? How long we stay lamenting? How long we stay complaining? How long we stay here? And as you're asking yourself, why is this happening? Why is this happening to me? I guess I want to challenge it with what is happening right now? What are you feeling? What am I going to do to get myself out of it? I think the way that we're aware of ourselves and our relationships with ourselves is very important and a very important contributing factor to the relationships that we have with other people and that we have with ourselves. And so I think that self-awareness and why I wanted to do it and research it is because it's so dire to the conversation on self-love. And so I'm asking myself more what questions instead of questioning, instead of always questioning why. I'm balancing the why with the what. So, what are your what questions? <laughs> what are the questions that you're asking yourselves? Let me know. And you can let me know by following Miss Educate on social media. The information will be in the description box below. Additionally, so will the Miseducate blog, where you can now listen to these episodes along with a few additional notes and access the resources mentioned in this episode from yours truly. And while you're there, don't forget to add your email to the subscription list so that you don't miss out on new posts. And lastly, continue to watch, read, listen, educate, and then re-educate yourselves. Thank you so much for listening. And make sure to rate, review and share this podcast with a friend. And tune in next time for another discussion on the Miss Educate Podcast. Bye. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.